Benson Griper, 718-339-6020. And hear it again. 718-506-9099, extension 31. Today's talk is on Monday around 9 o'clock and will be, will be replayed Sunday at 5 p.m. Also, there's a special magazine J-Root is coming out with, with all the speakers and needs advertisements. Told about $9,000, we're up to like three or four. Be a big magazine, 90 pages or so. Hopefully getting out to most of the communities. So anyone interested in donating, having a page in the magazine, a reasonable price, plus it's the DUCA also. So the text is 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. Also to email www.jrootradio.com. Again, www.jrootradio.com. It's very urgent. If some big people would help out the station, the schus for all the talks and the music and the fun shows for the children, the schus is beyond, beyond, beyond anyone who helps the station. And plus, if you want to hear it live, person call up on the phone for, <clears throat> sorry, 712-432-4217. Again, 712 432 4217. And begin going into the high, the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah is coming a couple of weeks. So everyone has to remember at Shmuelchan and Brag, I used to say, You're somebody. person has to go in to this next two weeks. You are somebody. And we have to make something out of ourselves, make something greater. And tshuva means, Ramil used to say, is to return back to Hashem. Return back to Hashem, a very constructive way of thinking. We always mention about safety, with nefesh. Tragedies have happened, and some of it is because of safety. It's important, not only we mention walking in the streets, Crossing the street with babies and not texting or on the cell phone or riding a bike without texting or in a car. We also have this during the summertime trips upstate, hiking trips, different trips. A person has to be so, so careful today. A lot of things take one slip and we have to know it's our lives are very important to Hashem. So be very, very careful. Safety should be on our minds in the house. Especially now, yunt of coming, a lot of food and knives around and toys around and building the sukkah, going on the ladder of a sukkah, a ladder trying to build the sukkah. This is very urgent, this stuff. Don't take for granted. Make sure your ladder is very strong. If not, get another one. Don't go on it. If you can't do it, get someone else to get you a ladder. Get someone else to do it if you can't do it. But all this is crucial. It takes one fall. And when life, when one's life has changed, the family has changed. 
So again, how important you are. You are somebody. Shem chose you. Shem loves you, taking care of you. So this week I heard a sheer in Mir Yishalayim, from Mir Yishalayim, Wakshol, and a Chiddush was mentioned concerning Amalek. Amalek, after all the makas, all the miracles, and Amalek came out and still attacked. Why? Because they attacked because to them there's no limits. There's no barriers. We do what we want to do. We just get out there. I want something, I got to do it. So there was no limits. It's a taiva. It's like taiva. Taiva, you want to eat something, that's it. A taiva is something. People do a lot of things for taiva. There's notion people go around the, run around, do wild things for a lot of the taivas. So Amalek represents that no limits, that no limit, no boundaries. But there's a plus side to no limits, no boundaries. And that's the Torah. Because the Torah also has no limits, no boundaries. It's a very important side. People who learn Gomorrah know the more you get deeper and deeper into it, there's no limits, limits to every letter, every nakuda, every thought, every concept, every question, every answer. It's endless. And everyone knows also who learns Musa, who learns Rab Miller's Musa. Every time you learn, you listen, you gain, you improve your mind, you improve your words, you improve your actions, because it's limitless. There's no limit to Torah. That's why Torah is so exciting. A Torah life is so exciting. You can remember before you were married, and look at you now, one, two, three, four, people have children. There's, there's no limits to, to nachas, there's no limits to doing. And that's what you have to understand, going before Hashem in a few, in a couple of weeks, we have to realize we are, we have an unlimited power. The Torah gives us an unlimited power to grow in every area. You can't say this is the way I am. You can go vita, you can push. And Miller spoke about mixas chuva a little bit. Guy smoked 40 cigarettes on Shabbos, he can t- smoke 39. And if he can do it, he must do it. And he will get a mitzvah for doing it. He has to do it. 39 instead of 40, but he doesn't do it, it'll be a sakana. Shem won't be happy and we'll look away from him. We have to stand, mixes chuva, mixes improvement is an important thing. So therefore, there's unlimited power in us. I'm sure also mentioned, inside of every Yidi, Barbosukum is a Shem Elokad, is a Kedusha, there's a holiness in the Shema. Everyone, we're not, we're not our physical bodies, our minds. We think there's incredible things that happen through our minds. And a person can grow tremendously, but the Kedusha inside of us is very, very much there. The holiness, the part of Hashem is very much there. So what causes trouble? I'm sure I mentioned Ruach Shtus, Ruach Shtus, which means not using your Seichel, which means person getting involved and not using seichel. I was recently speaking to a couple and they had a meet somewhere and there was a miscommunication and then on the phone, all of a sudden, instead of trying to think maybe it was a miscommunication or maybe at this moment since she's a little excited, I'm a little excited, it's not the time to say anything. But instead he said, you were late, you didn't show up or whatever it was. 
And of course, and she went back, and then he wanted you know wake up early in the morning, and he said he always gets angry at me, and it was like a whole thing. The ruach most of our fights, most of our arguments, most of our bad decisions, so called, have to do with ruach We're not using seichel; use our emotions. We're using our nagiyas. What I feel, what I lean toward, instead of link stepping back, what is the best constructive thing to do at this moment? Now, Brad was very big on MS. MS meant constructive, constructive. Another call I got before Shabbos, person had to go to her father-in-law's house, and her father-in-law's been putting her down lately, which is something father-in-laws have to know. Mother-in-laws, you give money and you give honor, Red Miller said, and that's it. But unfortunately, so what was she supposed to do? So after a little bit of talking, she wasn't going to go. That would cause a little bit of a rift too. But she's got strength. After the conversation, 10, 15 minutes, she said, maybe I'll go. I'll play charades. I'll go. And I said to her, see, she was using her seichel here. By going, will peace will be peace with her husband. By maybe saying sorry, will be peace with them. Also, the children will see the mama's gavura. They'll see what it means, kiva aim in the hardest situation. They notice everything, the children. They notice tension. So they will see a mama, no matter what, kiva aim. They will see a mama who, no matter what, tries to do the right thing. They see a strength in a mama, using mind over matter, being constructive. She's like teaching a next generation more than any book, any safer. So that's when we know we have, and I know she was going beyond. She told me before I couldn't do this. We spoke for a while, and she she leaped to the place. She jumped and said, I'm going to play the part. And she was very, very successful. So the important thing at this time of the year, again, there's no limit in how much you can do. You have to play charades, mean act a little bit. If you have to just say nice words, if you have to keep quiet, if you have to avoid... There's no limit in your greatness in Torah. Torah, again, means learning. It means midas. It means different actions. It means halacha, how you act, when you act. Tremendous. It's so exciting. A person's life, when you see there's always something to do. There's so many ways to grow. It's limitless. On the other hand... We mentioned, I'm sure I mentioned, there's Kedusha inside. And that Kedusha is the, is the root, is the flame that pushes this limitless person who utilizes his Torah life, her Torah life, to grow. It's very, very big. And we're going to put some of these thoughts, especially with a couple of weeks left to Rosh Hashanah, how to use it for our Ten Commandments of Marriage. We'll look at it a little different, differently today, going backwards to forwards. But the point that I'm at is keep in mind, everybody, it's time to go beyond. There's, of course, trouble with Panessa. There's, of course, difficulty with children. There's, of course, difficulty at work. And difficulty with a lot of things, sometimes with other people, sometimes with learning, sometimes you don't feel so good about yourself. 
So this is a time to up the antes. Now there's a shamalaka inside of me, and I'm going to push. I'm going to push and push and do. Use your cycle. Don't use your emotions. Use your cycle to get you get get yourself psyched up. Then use your emotions to push, to push, to push. A cycle into being a better person, into doing more with your life, starting a new, a mix of chuva, a mix of improvement. So, <clears throat> first command we're going to look at, looking a little backwards today, <clears throat> don't be a tyrant. <clears throat> Being a tyrant means ruach shtus. It's a person who's lost his seichel. Lost his seichel, maybe some sort of ego to have control, maybe some sort of ego to feel good about oneself by putting others down. In the story of Miller, a man called, said, I'm scared of my wife. Not such a simple situation. I'm scared to say and do anything I say and do. So the woman called a little while later and said, I think my husband's not loyal. He doesn't tell me anything. So the Rav responded, why? Because he's scared of you. A man should not walk in his house on eggshells. And it's very hard sometimes because there's a lot going on. The woman's 24-7 job, plus, plus, plus. But we mentioned many times when he comes in, if you can hold down, control yourself, ladies. I realize I'm a shemalaka inside of me, and realize there's no, there's no limits how I can get excited, get enthusiastic again. I'm making my husband happy, I'm doing for my family. When he comes in again, have a little cut watermelon, have something instead of scaring him. The other way around, the husband comes home also. It's a hard day at work, but could be grumpy, and he could be a scary fellow. He doesn't mean it. You know, he might have said, what's for supper like that? If supper's not ready, goodness, not ready again. He can say cutting words, little underneath his breath words, mumble words. Don't be a tyrant. Don't make her feel when you walk in, she's going to have to be very, very nervous. What am I going to say? What is he going to say? He should give... Her space and she should give him space. He has to think a little bit. Maybe on the way home, we mentioned many times, take get a donut, something to relax yourself, but enough that you can still eat dinner. Come home, relax on the block, walking towards your house. Think about the benefits of having a wife. She takes care of your needs, physical, emotional needs. She takes care of the home. She's giving you, you're blessed with children. She's giving you so much. Give me a little control. A man without a woman is uncontrolled out there. Eventually he runs after Tyvis and is pretty miserable. So it's a, it's some have special cases where they can go beyond that. But the point is, on the way home, thinking how wonderful yeah, it is to have a wife. Walk in, walk in, get that tyranny tyranny out of us and go into the house with a with a geschmack, with the encouragement. Because we don't realize being a tyrant is not only in demands by its tone of voice and is by constantly asking and constantly making the other other person. 
I know a relationship with a man who was constantly giving his wife constructive criticism. But after a while, it's hinting you're not such a good mother, and it's hinting you're not such a good wife, and all these feelings she felt. And after a while, in the morning, he says something about to improve something. She, she would call me, say, 24-7, he's, he's yelling at me. And it wasn't 24-7, but it's how she felt. These things can be worked on. These things can be worked on. <clears throat> the, the constructive criticism stuff is, uh, is a lot more difficult today. In the old generation, you can say constructive criticism. Today, constructive criticism means a put-down. You don't like what I, what I do and how I think and how I live. Very hard. Biggest model to, the biggest way today is through being a model yourself. Coming in the house, coming in the house, and helping with the half. The broom, helping with the children, helping her, letting her relax, getting her a tea. You be the one, or the other way around, getting him that tea, putting, getting, putting, get it, <clears throat> spread out some food from. Let him sit down for a half hour. There's, there's ways children coming home from school too. You have to see homework. Right, homework right away might not be it. It could be they need a little run around first, a little cake first, then do the homework, then run around. Whatever it is, but we have to. Try not to create tension in the home. So we see the more we think what we have to do, and we get excited about it, and we see tremendous after what you see effects. This is chiyas. This is life. This is the limitless Torah that gives us advice on how to live, how to talk, how to walk. Big thing. With that also, <clears throat> you mentioned the Gadusha inside of you has to be brought out. That's why a person in the family is a Rebbe. Now, a young family, they avoid all this tyranny, all this put-downs, all this nervousness in the house. Not all, but a lot of it. How? When they discuss something and they see, this is a question, they go to the Rebbe. It could be Panessa, could be learning, could be the children, could be... You know, they grew the children, <clears throat> anything. What happens is it forms a calmness that will throw tyranny out the window. The story of a gray rub, uh, the man, woman said, uh, <clears throat> the woman asked her husband to take out the garbage and felt it below his dignity. So she called the Rebbe, the Rev Gifta. One day, the, the, the man saw the Rashiva outside moving the garbage can to the curb. Rabbi, what are you doing? What is Rabbi doing? Well, since you won't do it, I'm going to do it. So a person has to know that a family who has a Rabbi, who has something to speak to over the silliest things, <clears throat> will make each on the defense, each one accountable and create a smoother direction. And other things we can work on for the new year, <clears throat> again, the, the, the unlimited Torah teaches us a year that's to dress nicely. Don't dress slovenly as much as possible. Your husband or wife, 
even in front of the children, dress nicely, not overdoing it. The Rav used to say, he suggests not more or better for your father, your husband and your wife than you do at work. Work, you have to look nicely. Or even work when some people are different work. When you come home, try to look decent. Doesn't mean fancy the pictures, but it means look nicely. I once spoke to a man, he said, my wife is, <clears throat> smells like, looks nice, and but the talking part is something. But was emphasizing there that with part of the whole picture is dressing. That's why it's very important. I can tell you stories. A man came home, he was irritable, and she was dressed nicely, smelled nicely, said nice words. It turned the whole relationship around. Woman's soft voice and smooth, considerate actions can have a whole change. Whole change. Now, and now, too, there's a lot of pressures with the way the world thinks, with money, we're all owing, owing, owing. How to pay tomorrow's bills. But we have to catch ourselves. Hashem pulled us through, pulled us poof, pulled us through, look for ways to work things out. But still, when your husband comes in, try to look nice. When you walk in the house, try to look decently for your wife. Go to the bathroom, wash up a little bit. It's important that this feeling of attraction to continue as long, as long as possible. And even when <clears throat> parties are too old and the attraction, they don't feel so much anymore. Brett Miller said still, if your wife is 90 years old and toothless and wrinkled, you can say you look as good as you look when we got married. You get all on haba. It's a nice feeling to compliment your wife. It's nice. You know, pretty today, honey. I like, I like your... your your earrings or your dress, anything you can say. Notice, notice. The man, woman can notice about a man. I appreciate it in the house you're looking nice. It's important for the family. But all this, we could, again, <clears throat> if we learn Torah, we learn what's important. It's important to look. There are stories, one story, I think a big scientist 60, 70 years ago went to meet one of the presidents, was in dungarees and a sweatshirt or a sweater because I do what I want. I do what I want. It's like I'm not caring about the other person, but a person realized, no, I do, I do not want to make the other person feel bad. I want to make the other feel, feel good. I want to dress in a way that's making the other person feel I'm respecting them too. When you dress nicely, you respect yourself, but you're respecting the others. That's why people walk around today undressed. It shows a great, great disrespect for others. I don't care what you think. I don't care where you came from. Very, very bad. You should always try to dress in a decent way that will not offend anybody will not offend anybody. And as you do that, you're also having a good effect on yourself, showing seichel. You're not living by ruach shtusa. I, I feel, who cares what they think? I want to do what I want to do. 
That's real shtus. I'm not using seichel. You don't dress like that when you look for a job interview. So you should always try. Try to make the home a happier place. Another commandment is love your neighbor like yourself or love your mate like yourself. And don't do to others what you don't want done to you. It's a also a crucial, crucial thing that this is all, you have to muster it inside of you. Everyone has it. Everyone knows it. We've learned it. We love, we learn Sephora we love, love your neighbor books. We learn so many different aspects of human nature, of psychology, all of Torah is like that. So muster up, get all those books in your mind, get all the thoughts in your mind, get all the readings in your mind, and go there and say, I'm going to treat my wife like I want to be treated. I will not do to her that I don't want done to anybody else. I will, I will. <clears throat> it's important. For example, do you like the following? People talk calmly and clearly to you. That's something you like very much. You don't like people who accuse you. What'd you do this? What'd you buy? In a tone that is so inhibiting, so hurtful. Especially people are more sensitive than other people. Many people, for example, you might have a sensitive wife. And even by saying, what'd you get that? Is very offensive to the wife. What do you mean? I, I, next minute you smile. So she, you might think, why is she getting so angry? I, I didn't yell. I didn't know. You don't want someone to question you so fast without doing it in a proper, constructive way. She might be more sensitive than you. People, sometimes, I told there was a couple. <clears throat> he was from a family of ten, and she was a family of one. She was being pampered, and he could not get the sensitivity of his wife. He had to come there and say nice and speak nice and do nice, but she's used to being pampered. This is the way it was. Connie got everything. So the husband had to get into the program. Doesn't mean I have to treat it like the parents did to the extent that she gets everything. But it's an important thing. It's a sensitivity. You don't want being done to others that you don't want done to you. So this is a sensitivity. She needs sensitivity. So a, a little loud word, a word. You might say it might not affect you, but you have to look at yourself. What things are you sensitive to? Like the one with the from the ten family, she had to understand a little sensitivity to him. She, he he might ignore, he might miss the boat because in the house he was banging into everybody. Didn't have to sit down with anyone in particular and have a discussion and pamper anybody. So she has to understand him. And don't do them that she doesn't want. In other words, I have to be sensitive to him, sensitive to him, and I have to show him slowly. In the right way, how to show sensitivity to me, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a very important, the awareness of couples of who they are. There's a mahus, it's a disposition of a woman, disposition of a man. That's one thing. There's the way a person is brought up, men and women. And there's a certain intelligence, a lot of different things. And I recently... Woman that came from very like very close knit family. She was the youngest girl, and she got pampered and whatever Chani wanted, she got. 
So the only thing is, they moved to Eretz Israel, the husband and her, and to nobody's fault, she couldn't take it there. Because the husband, and the husband tried to be good, but he has moments, again, the this was the constructive criticism guy. And so she would always feel not, you know, so in other words, he was doing, he's not treating her like he wanted to be treated. First of all, this is an area she sees she still needed a mommy, she needed a home and being family again. So he used to think of things, maybe if I was in her position, I was in her shoes, I was in her shoes, I'd want to go back home too. And second, uh, do I want someone on my back giving me constructive criticism all the time at work? No, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. And after a while, you feel like you're a nobody in any job you have. So eventually the man was smart enough to come and live here. It was hard for him. He wanted to be in Eretz Israel. He thought it was the best thing. But moving here, was able to give her that security of home and started stopping the conversations that were constructive, he thought. But it was ended up being constructive criticism and destructive. And Baruch Hashem, they're doing fine, doing fine. So do not do to others that you don't want done to you. But this is something they say, because you really have to look into the other party. You really try to get into his or her shoes a little bit. You can't do exactly what you don't want done to you because something done to you don't care. Most in general are similar. People are not being complained about. People are not being yelled at. People are not being accused. So it's very similar in, in many cases like that. People don't like when in-laws say something, especially in front of the husband. So there's a lot of things that we have to think about. But <clears throat> it's important that we become very, very sensitive to the other person. Again, the mahus, what kind of person that person is, sensitive, could be fidgety. Some of the person has a husband who he can't sit still so well. So you see, you have to see how to work that out together, how to make him a schedule that he's still home when he has to be home, when he still does what he has to do. Even if you have to give him notes every day or, or even if he gives you all the obligations so you're in charge of the obligations. This way he knows you're in charge. He'll give you the money, you'll be in charge of the bills and everything else. There's ways you can work with him. Instead of complaining, he's never home, he never finishes a project, etc., etc. So again, we're looking at today. Wachshul said, the idea of unlimited. It's like, what? Amalek was unlimited, didn't care. So our Torah is unlimited. Our growth of simcha is unlimited. Our growth in midas is unlimited. Our growth of knowledge is unlimited. So that unlimitedness has to be with us in the next two weeks before Rosh Hashanah to pump ourselves up and go beyond. Use the seichel. Use your mind. And go for it full steam. And also that each person inside has a gavaltika shem shem's inside of us. The only reason we do things bad, bad because of the, the sudden, because of Ruach Shtus that pushes, pulls us off to not using our mind. They're running after our desires. Opposite to what we're saying now. Another commandment, 
accomplish to look at too, which is a hard one. And most people can't take it, and it's understandable, especially today we can't even take the word no or an eyebrow on someone not saying, not agreeing with you. Very hard today. But can you imagine mean words? The point is that mean words are said. If mean words are said to you, the Sanhedrin, a hundred evils pass your way. A hundred evil pass your way. This is a very important thing. That many times bad, evil, hurtful words are said out of emotions, and if you play it right, it'll go away. Ten minutes, you might get supper order, uh, offered to you. You might get offered to go to supper. It's important. Mean words many, many times is the other person's frustration, the other person's hard day, the other person's ruach shtus. But it's not you. 99.9% of the time, the reaction to what you do is overrated, overdone. Like I said, tit for bomb. It just not makes sense. See, I think the other person just is in, is in trouble somehow, is bothered. And the person thought about it and thought about where you come from, how your day was, you just say, the person wouldn't go out of whack. So letting mean words pass over is such a big thing, and it's so hard. Got some calls this week. Mean words were said, and they just couldn't get over it. And trying to explain like I'm explaining now. One day you come home, everyone's happy. One day you come home, everyone's upset. And ourselves too. We're feeling very good inside. The day was good. The money's there. And so you can deal with bangs in the head. But you come home and the money's tough and you didn't get this, you didn't get that. Someone taps you. You're ready to go crazy. So it's very important to build up oneself again. Build up yourself by knowing your inside is so packed with an unlimited power, unlimited ideas. And that a person can use his seichel to go beyond, beyond, beyond. For example, a scenario. A husband comes home late. So, you're late again, the wife says. I was learning. What learning was always an excuse, she says. Just say you're sorry. And don't do it again. The kids were terrible today. So the husband, you're always nagging me with your nonsense. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down, fella. <laughs> Made a big mistake. What do you mean nonsense? You stay home for a day and see how much sense you make. Complain, complain, complain. That's all you do. She runs to the door. You inconsiderate monster. I'm going to my mother. Awful, right? Let's do another scenario now. You're late, the wife says. I'm sorry I wasn't involved with my learning. No excuses. Enough is enough. She tries to turn to change the topic. I have wonderful news today. Change the topic sometimes helps. Or just saying sorry. Be careful next time. Or just listen. You walk in, remember, no tension zone. First thing, if you can say something good, if not... Yes, sure. What could I get? What could I do? But from then on, try to be on time. 
invalidate her words. She's saying things that are she feels just as a fact. The other way around. You're late again. Then the husband goes, I was. I don't want to hear your excuses. And he says, enough of your nonsense. So she acts smart this time. I'm sorry. I've had one of your favorite meals on the table. Or I'm sorry to felt too excited when you walked in. Whatever it is. There's ways to catch yourself when mean words are said. Mean words are said. Run away from it. Run away, run away from any difficulty. But this all takes seichel. All takes a person's holiness. It all takes your unlimited power to improve, to control, to do good things. Every person has it inside, has it inside. This is the time to go beyond the limits of one's character, of one's learning, of one's working, of one's relationship with one's mate. You got to try so hard. Encourage, encourage. Now the commandment, don't say mean words. We just said now don't let the mean words pass by, but don't say mean words. Again, a person who's constantly working on learning Listen to Rabbi Miller a number of hours during the week. You'll see. You don't think about raising your voice. You're learning. You're saying to tell him, tell him, tell him. And you really mean it. You won't yell too much to your husband. Man's learning, learning, learning. Everything he does is a vote for the family, and he does it in the right way, the right capacity. He, he, he's not gonna say mean words. How can I say mean words to my body, my own body, my family, my wife, my family, my husband, my family? It's a big thing, but. Still, have a regular study time, reflecting time of the blessings you have and each party, each person, how the benefits and the, the strong points of each person in the family and at the same time think about how you can improve each person, help each person in the family. And how can you say a mean words? You have people who give you life, who give so much gratitude to have for them, to them. It's a very urgent thing, everybody. Mean words, soon as you want to raise your voice, you go, I love you, honey. The children, they do something. You just say, Chaim, I don't feel comfortable when you do that. You could do it instead of using this emotion with a loud voice and a yell. You could do it with a soft voice that shows you're hurting. It hurts me, Chaim, you act like that. I'm much more affected. Don't do that. I told you this story. I'm a Talmud of Rabbi Brog. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, he came over to me. I have to tell you a story. He told me he was in the dormitory. Boy was in the dormitory. Now he's married in the dormitory. And a new guy came into the dormitory, played music at night, and wouldn't stop. And if he's trying to stop me, we throw things at him. So this man went to Rabbi Brog. He said, Rabbi, what do I do? He says, next time he throws something, pick it up and put it in his place. He said, what? Well, yeah, next time... He does it, I'll add something, give him a hug. Put it in its place. Let me say it the other way. Pick it up, put it in its place, and give him a hug. Rebbe, Maggie, Shmata, again, throw something, pick it up, put it in its place, and give him a hug. Okay, he did it. After three, four days, the boys were friends, and it worked. We didn't understand what Rebbe meant with this whole thing until he had his own five-year-old child came home from yeshiva throwing things, yelling, 
And he said, you're going to get a potch. And he gave him a potch. And he went into the room. And you're not going to get dessert. And a whole bunch of things didn't work. And finally, at the end of the day, the boy yelled. And Abba, Abba, the Rebbe yelled at me. So then he realized the boy was in pain. The boy was in pain. When he was yelling, he was in pain. He would have gave him a hug. What's the matter Chaim today? So that's what the boy needed. That's what this other boy needed. This bacha needed when he came. It wasn't him he was yelling at. It was himself. He was angry, angry with himself. So the reaction of what Rebbe said, with a calm disposition, if you could do a hug, if you could do a, make a, do, <clears throat> give a helping hand, there's so much you can do when mean words are being said. You got to grow, you got to grow, you got to grow. Be, mean words are being said, you just got to start to suck it in. Okay, let me let me help. I'm sorry. And you did it yesterday, and, and then try anything possible to uh, throw away that disease of mean words, of, constru- of destructive words and thoughts, and actions. Anything possible. You can get a little hug in there eventually. A little ice cream. A little you're smart. Whatever it takes. Other wife can say they're smart to each other many times during the day because each one is doing so many good things. And another commandment with that. Be loyal. This is with that. There's the positive tide of, of mean words is to be loyal. Leap to defense of your wife. Like we said before, your unlimited capacities could Think of good things, compliments. Embassy got compliments to tell your wife. To give a chizuk, chizuk, chizuk. Walk in the house. Table is nice. Table so nice. Or she looks nice. She looks so nice tonight. Like the meal you cooked last night. Any family member or someone says something against your wife, leap their defense. Khani, she's always so good. I have to help her more in the house. The other way around, somebody complains about your husband. You should be working more. No, my husband's working hard. Working hard. I have to help more, too. And then, of course, with all this stuff, you have a rabbi to talk to, push the husband a little further, give him directions, help the wife along. But the point of the matter is be loyal. Not a matter of love. It's a matter of duty, obligation. Use your seichel. Create your world. So important to create your world. Don't let your world be created by something something the mate did or said. And live by seichel that your job is to make things better and better all the time. Big thing. But if we live by that loyalty, and I mentioned... A story when someone's father said to the son something negative about his wife. I was on text and the wife ended up seeing it. But when the father would send something to the son, the son says, leap to the defense on his wife. The mother sent something negative to the daughter. So she has to leap to the defense of her husband. Even she might think the mother's right. It's only can get more and more and more trouble. But you don't hold it in. 
That's where you have to find a family rabbi who you'll talk to. And after a while, they'll tell him what to do, tell her what to do, and you'll be going in a derech ayosher. You'll be seeping into your holy neshama, the kodah, the kodesh of the Torah. Your unlimitedness to grow with each other will be tremendous. So you grow. You Hashem. The family will grow. And another one takes a big, big gavura. Big gavura. Where is unlimited, unlimited, unlimited. You got to realize you could do it. You can do it. Even it mix us a little bit. So getting upset ten times a day, I'll get upset nine times a day. In the morning, I'm be ready for everyone not ready. I'm just gonna sing along with them. Coming from school, I know it's gonna be trouble. Instead of fighting them, I'm gonna sing along with them. Let's have cookies. Let's go over to the park. Let's do homework. Sing along. And one a couple of times, and just say, "Tati, Abba, we'll take care of it." He comes home. He has to take care of it. We'll talk also. Whatever else is necessary. But a big commandment is make peace as soon as possible. Very crucial. Make peace as soon as possible. Because when things come up, it takes a lot of strength. If it takes time, it takes time to React, but it's like a plague. It's like a disease. Any machlokas, argument, especially a vicious one, it's all dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. So a person to try to make peace as soon as possible and build yourself up inside to realize this is the best thing to do. Oh, I look like a shmata. And I'm going to be stepped on. I have to be the one to make up. Don't worry about it. I know a husband did this for years. When the girls got, his girls got married, I'm going to marry someone like Abba, so I'm never fight with mommy. It's a piece in the house. There's another guy the other day from a far country coming here. Son became religious, and he's right now moving along, but he went to a place to uh, do some work on a, on a computer. In his place was also a lot of children, and he called me, trying to help him get a job. He called me, how could women do this? The kids are running around, and going crazy, it's so loud here. And first of all, it wasn't his place to go to the computer in this place. How can they do this? What do they do with their lives, these ladies? And I said to them on the phone, this this life they're doing, they're working very hard, the hardest work. They come home, hopefully, you get them home, even chips in, and they work together. If there's, there's nothing like how much simple they're going to have, and knockers, they have the hard work. I see a person could be a prayer woman, could be president of a company. All that will not have the benefits and the nachas and the, and the feeling of growth and success like this woman does. It's only a temporary thing. Temporary thing. So, but he couldn't see. He couldn't see that 
this jumping around, eventually they settle, eventually they get married. Then look at a home. Look at these beautiful families. There's so many beautiful Torah families. It's beyond. And now the families are building their own families, each child. It's really spectacular what's happening. Join the club, everybody. Jump onto the, the bandwagon. There's so much chesed and so many beautiful families growing up. Don't think it's better on the other side. Don't think the philosophies are over there have significance. It's very urgent to know your busy family, your busy family is is wonderful. Other people see this as not peaceful. I was once a public school teacher, librarian, always used to complain to me. Not a religious fellow, he's miserable by himself. And oh, you know, when I shop up on the Sabbath, I see the Jewish boys walking with their suits on and girls with dresses. Look how how can the parents make them look so stiff? And you know, they should be in their play clothes. Should I explain to them one day a week they feel like little kings and queens, prince and princesses? How proud they look. Person can miss the boat and how to look at life. Same with make a piece of poon as soon as possible. You really have to, we said before, look and put yourself in your wife's shoes or your husband's shoes. Do not respond right away. Use seichel. Use seichel to say, I understand. Use seichel to be, try any way possible to make peace as soon as possible. And another, also famous, keep routines. Keep routines. If you have a routine every day, put you, make a, give your wife a letter. Every tomorrow morning, give her two letters. I give her a letter. Say, go to the fridge. Go to the fridge. Another letter. Go to the cabin and have a nice flower over there for her. Up the ante of keeping nice routines. You go out every Tuesday night to walk. So a dinner, a dinner one night a week, one night, a, one night a month. Up the ante of the use the unlimited, unlimited Torah mind, Torah eights to do, to do, to do. It's all inside. Don't let the seichel that takes the seichel into thinking negative and doing negative. Put that aside. And of course, so improve your routines. Little notes in the morning. Improve your routines of calling your wife and ask her what she needs. Talking nicely to each other. Improve the routines at night. Up the ante. Improve yourself. Go off limits. All the way, all the way top. You come home, you both make each other happy. And nice, you go out to learn. And if you have to be home, you be home. She can go out a little bit. It's always go beyond, go beyond. Let's keep those routines, keep her routines. Once a week, at night, take a walk, go out. Once a week, if you... Whatever it is to spend those moments together. Keep routines with the children, and children with the parents. Positive, positive. Make each routine try to say, wait a second, I want to make this a little nicer. This little routine nicer. This little routine nice. I'm going to buy a flower. I'm going to buy a flower with a little card next to it next time. Go a little beyond, a little beyond in all the areas. So again, I learned from last week's Pasha, Molek was unlimited. Yeah, no barriers. That's why he attacked. We don't care. But we also have a Torah that's unlimited. We could go so far in our Torah, in our learning Torah. Go deeper and deeper in your learning.
deeper and deeper in your learning. Get the charuses. Go to the, go to shirim that are deeper. You'll see. And also we go deep in our learning of Musa, instruction, and Midos, and Halacha, and women too go deeper and deeper how to act better and speak better, etc. And we have to understand inside of everyone that the channel of God is a holy, holy, holy Nishamish each person. And we're just the stigma that put us aside, pull us aside, pull us this way and that way and into negative ways. We have to use our cycle to think. Or we step back and think that we're unlimited, our Torah is unlimited, and the is unlimited, and we can constantly reach the top. Fancy Young Griper, 718-339-6020. And again, we're looking for advertisements for the magazine coming out, J Root magazine coming out. You know, about $9,000, we're up to like three or 4000 advertisements. It's a duck for one thing, and you're, what, in it's going to be all the writers, all the speakers. And what it does is it's it's charity. And there you just have to text 347-927-8398. It's crucial. If people know big people who have money who can support a station. It's crucial. person who, who supports this station with the older people needed at home, the younger people when they listen to their their fun shows and the speakers and the musa and the music. We gotta get it all back, everybody, and gotta get this magazine out, everybody, so everyone has to join in, speak to people. And then schusum, not only schusum, you'll see bracha, 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 sheva bracha, you're gonna see. And also if you wanna hear live, 712-432-4217. Let's talk again. We just spoke on Monday. Go and hear it again at 5 p.m. It's Sunday. And the dial into your favorite speaker, 718-506-9099. My extension is 31. And we should have a slacha and bracha, everything rukhni and gashmias for 20 plus years.